0: From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter.
1: Finding Strategic Marketing Clarity one of the most difficult things to do for anybody starting something new is clarifying how do we tell people what it is and just focusing our business model around what exactly it is that we're promoting. Certainly a challenge that uh, I have been through personally. We've had at Southwestern Consulting and, and continue to have, especially as we grow. And so I have a very special guest uh, to share uh, today with you that you're going to get to meet. And we're going to talk about how to help you find a little more strategic direction and clarity with your marketing and why does it matter and how you can do it either for your business or a little bit if uh, if you're a salesperson. And this is, uh, but definitely if you're a business owner or somebody who leads a division of a company and you're looking to launch Um, you know some new product or initiative or endeavor this is going to be super super targeted and relevant for you so I think you'll enjoy that and at the end of the show I'm going to share with you sort of eight action steps that you can take Uh, These were sort of highlights that I take from the interview but eight things that you can then put into action to help you get more strategic marketing clarity for your business
0: this episode is sponsored by southwestern coaching Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales, to schedule your free one on one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst.
1: I love bringing people on to this show that are people that I, I admire in, in real life. And Greg Head is a man that I met now about six or seven years ago and just really admired him from the beginning. He had an amazing track record and he is somebody that has incredible wisdom, specifically, I think, in the realm of marketing clarity and just clarity in general for a business. And he, uh, when I talk about his background, he was a part of two, major growth companies in the crm software industry so act and sales logic um, act if for those of you that uh, maybe don't know it or you're too young to know it in the it was the windows contact manager in the 90s it was used by four million salespeople. huge i mean it was it was the precursor to all of the big crms and and uh is still out there and and then uh, Greg left. He was the co-founder of a company called Sales Logics, which was the first mid-market CRM. Uh, that company went public in '99, and the, the uh, he's worked in that space. And then we met uh, about you know, six or seven years ago, I guess, when he worked at Infusionsoft and he was the chief marketing officer there. And that was part of how we met. And he just has this experience of coming in with companies when they're kind of in that growth phase, helping them create explosive growth. And then, you know, typically it's it's them going public and, uh, you know, these big things. So I just, I felt like you needed to hear his message and, and he's my buddy and a really smart guy. So Greg, welcome to the show.
2: It's great to be here. Um, Thanks for those kind words. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome.
1: So, one of the things that you said to me early on uh, when we met, which I kind of thought was interesting, is you said... Growing a company from ten million to a hundred million is always hard, but the real adventure is going from more like five hundred thousand to five million. So, and I thought that was really interesting that it's it's kind of the first five million that you say is is a little bit more of that interesting ride and the challenge. Um, so, just can and you've been a part of these three sort of massive. Six massively successful tech startups. So can you just tell us a little bit about why that is and wh- where that, where that wisdom comes from?
2: Well, uh, as you said, I've been doing this for 30 years in the software business. And now I help a lot of these emerging early stage growth companies uh, get through that phase. So one thing to say is that it's easier than ever to start a business uh, than it has been in the world, and get up and running, and get first customers, and and uh, and then you know we all look around and we see um, popular products and services and commonplace things that are already big, Amazon or Google or Apple or whatever, and uh, you know they're also very big. What's not seen is the journey from the ideation and getting started and first customers and all that crazy early stage thing to something that grows up and becomes commonplace. And that's uh, the phase of, of life that I think is uh, most interesting. It's also the most challenging. It's a lot like, you know, the metaphor of climbing a mountain or climbing Everest when you're creating a business that you want to change the world and do something different, get bigger, or change your community and so forth. But the fun part of the, the last mile where you're going straight up and there's no oxygen and the, everybody dies and it's the climax of the movie and everything that actually comes, you know, in that one to 10 million or half a million to five, that's very treacherous. It's very foggy. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun to uh, help figure out. I, I really love to help entrepreneurs and their teams who are trying to create something bigger that changes the world. So we need more of those and they need to, to uh, survive that treacherous part of the journey.
1: So the one of the things that you really do, I feel like, is you kind of help entrepreneurs kind of get clarity. Um, so what does that mean exactly? And, and, and why do you think that that really matters? Especially, I mean, I think most specifically, your experience has been kind of in the marketing realm, but it's even a little bit more, I get the sense from you that it's more strategic even.
2: Yeah, well, the, Um, it's funny. We, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, ever been to an early stage company pitch contest or seen small businesses that are just starting and people stand up and try to describe their business. And for five minutes, everybody kind of squints and raises eyebrows and says, I I don't really understand exactly what they do. And, you know, that's kind of the fun part. And then we see up and running businesses and it's crystal clear what they do. And, um, that's uh, that's just part of the game. That's required to make a big business. You actually have to figure out what your clear, uh, focused message is for the world that the world can hear, and uh, and why, why create is that the focus. So-
1: why is that so hard? Like, why is it? Because you're right. People stumble and fumble. And like, you know, a lot of people here listening are in sales. And it's it's the same kind of thing. Maybe not at the, the the same scale. But it's like you stand up at a networking meeting and people ask, what do you do? And we either say something that's really boring and like not unique or captivating at all. Or we stumble through like this big, long, like, Bleh.
2: Well... Uh, That's just natural and uh, we're human and our braids want to do that. Um, So I, I find the journey is a lot like going from the early stage, getting started many things to many people. It's kind of an ADD, attention deficit disorder, right? Running in different directions, trying to be this for that group and this for that group and saying yes to everybody. And the journey of growing up a company is to find Uh, A focus within there, the better customers, the better story, the better product, the better business model within there, and get really OCD about it, obsessive-compulsive. So anything like our smartphone or this podcast technology or uh, that burger we had that was awesome, if you look behind it, the whole team and the business is focused just laser on every little detail of it. And uh, we want to buy the best in the world. Um, so things that scale up, get narrowed down their focus and really get great it takes a lot of extreme focus and that's the trick is to go from survival mode selling many things to many people to something that narrows down and now those things that grow up all of them had their point where they just were narrowly focused look at amazon it's everything to everybody right now that you can buy with one click but at the beginning it was just books books just online books Right. Even right. narrower there until they were a multi-billion dollar company dominant in the rest. And then they added, as you remember, DVDs and CDs. They snuck that in, but only after they were public. They didn't start being everything to everybody. So I think- that's the that's the it's kind of the misconception and the myth that you start out selling being many things to many people, selling to everyone. Um, but you got to narrow in between.
1: Yeah, I think you you said things that scale up do so by narrowing down. Like that's a big takeaway. Is y- y- you know, so you kind of start off doing a little bit of everything, but then you got to f- sort of find your place. It's almost like you start broad, then you go narrow, yeah. and then once you break through the barrier, but once you break through the barrier, like Amazon, then you can go wide again.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, um, and so so um, and most people don't see that narrowing, that early stage journey, it's always there. It's a magic trick that always works. Look at anything that's big and tell, you know, go back to really learn about their first growth spurt. And it's always focused on one customer doing one thing massively well and generally delivering it with one tactic. And then, you know, most companies don't grow out that grow up like McDonald's that now does breakfast and coffee and ice cream and salads. And, you know, most companies don't grow up and spread out. They just become really good businesses um, that really focus on that. And uh, so the other part of the reason that it's so hard is because inside our brain, we're the chef, we're the artist, we're the creator. We think about this stuff all day long. We see many dimensions, the outside world. Here's very, something very simple, right? What's the best movie to go to this weekend? Like, is that a sci-fi? I mean, it's a very brief conversation. People pour over making a movie for 10 years. Thousands of people. Every detail is just, you know, he's just poured over. And on the outside world, it's a very simple decision. You know, is it a sci-fi movie? Who's it for? What are we going to do? So it's very difficult, especially for entrepreneurs running the business, to put themselves in the the outside world's shoes and google themselves which is a very simple thing and then we click on the top one and then we want to buy yeah. so it's it's uh, our brains just aren't architected for it and but going from ADD to OCD is a requirement of creating something that scales up
1: that is wild going from ADD to OCD. And you said, focus on one customer doing one thing massively well, usually with one tactic. So I want to, so to, to get a little more specific here, cause this is something that's hard. I think it's like, it's hard to go, well, yes. I don't want to choose something because that means I'm letting, I'm leaving something else behind. Um, so when you talk about focusing, um, in my head, the way I see that is I go, okay, is it finding the, is it focusing our product offering that matters or is it focusing our business model that matters or is it focusing more on a target market, like a specific customer? Cause to me, those are like three different things that you can, you can focus. Like Amazon was pretty, I don't know, like, what do you think it's, is it all three of those that need to be focused or one of the three or does it depend
2: Well, it's actually a few more than three. That's why it's tricky, right? And it's kind of a prism game, customers with this thing. And customers don't – clients really don't care about your business model as much. Maybe the business model is um, uh, displayed through a benefit, instant delivery, a million books available or something like that. You know – But uh, it is those things, and they work together. Your first question, though, is who? And this is the biggest lever for everybody in business. And, you know, you talk about being more productive and creating bigger results, and we all have so many tools and tactics To do that, the same thing exists in the marketing and selling and revenue generation world. There's so many tools and tactics and techniques and so forth um, that people are ignoring the biggest lever they have, which is if you aren't really narrowing down who you're best in the world for, you're just going to be another mediocre player on page three of Google. Effectively, or not following the conversation. So, the the first lever, first game to play is uh, uh, who are we? Who do we serve? And it's not just everybody, like small businesses. At Infusionsoft, they sold to quote every small business uh when i got there and they had slowed down because not every small business was ready for the capable power tool that was infusionsoft sales and marketing automation software when we started narrowing down on just the small business owners who were ready to go up grow up from their basic email marketing software to something more powerful and we kind of ignored everybody else uh the company went from flatline growth to doubling in uh in 18 months uh, because the signal got heard, and we executed great inside the building. But it was one of those uh, uh, very emotional moments. What do you mean? We're going to say no to somebody and target these people and put all our chips there? It was a up-and-running company, so we knew it was great for those target customers. Well,
1: uh, what's interesting about that decision is you're talking about the demographic is like small business owners, but then you narrowed it to a psychographic, which is small business owners who are of a certain mindset or of like a certain paradigm, like they're ready for yeah. it. And that's an interesting level of specificity.
2: Right. And the, the world, nobody learns this uh, in the marketing class in college and nobody's teaching that. That's why I'm out evangelizing this. And uh, I've talked to 300 ceos and entrepreneurs in the last year about this and i'm uh working on a book uh it's because it is uh those words don't mean much target market target customer uh branding they really don't help execute um the the reality is any business uh If you look at what's working inside the business, they they're reaching a very small subset of the potential market uh, and doing great things for them. And that's where businesses grow fast and sales and marketing campaigns and strategies work and you can make great products uh, when Literally, it's not even the 80-20 rule. It's the 90-10 rule. When you when we started to ignore 90% of the market of small businesses, like 27 million small businesses, and we said, let's just go after the 3 million who are most, most likely ready, um, the business exploded. And now it's a massively big business.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because to me, I always thought of Infusionsoft as an interesting kind of case study of going – their limiter was they didn't never went after the mid market. Like they never wanted to compete with Salesforce or you right. know, like Eloqua or the, the big, you know, these people who went after big companies, it's like, gosh, Infusionsoft is so powerful. Why don't they go after where all the money is, all these big corporations. And so they're saying, well, we serve small businesses, but you're saying it's even more narrow than that. Absolutely. It's, and, and that, that's a, that's crazy. I mean, that's
2: so, so that maybe that was two levels of no. I mean, first of all, why not sell to everybody, right? Uh, in a uh, one man band speaker, you know, coach who's got a uh, mailing list, or why not sell to the biggest companies? Well, the reality is, those are very, very different uh, communities, users, use cases. Uh, and if you try to make one thing that's good for all of them, it doesn't really work. I mean, there's like eight premium coffee retail shops within a mile and a half of my house. And they all have lines in them. They're all targeting different people. There's the ones for the teenagers that has a line at four o'clock in the afternoon and because the kids after school getting their sweet drinks. And then there's the one for the strong coffee drinkers and there's the one for the this their Starbucks and then there's the, you know, the fancy poor one and then there's the one inside the big hotel and there's, you know, like how can they all exist? They're all really focused on a sub-segment of the market. And uh, so that is about go, saying yes to everybody in the beginning, the ADD phase, to find it. But eventually, you actually have to start to say, no, we're not for everybody. We're really just best for these people. And when you're defined by what you say no to, when you when we said to the world on the homepage, we are four small businesses, we scared away all the large companies that wanted to use Infusionsoft, and the people we wanted to attract said Ah, I hear you now. You get me. And by the way, Salesforce.com doesn't get small businesses. Every interaction with Infusionsoft says, we get you. We understand. We love this game. So it's the same thing for me. I like the early stage growers. The crazy and uh, scrappy and creative and not all figured out messy game of starting and trying to grow a company. People say to me, Greg, you, you should go help bigger companies. They have focus problems, too. I say, well, you know, they already got help called VPs of everything, and my language doesn't work on them. So, so- the more I tune in to the people who are going through that journey, and I'm for them. And uh, the more people line up to talk to me, and that's that's part of – it's like – the back and forth of sales and marketing sales wants to say yes to everybody for you today on that and marketing says let's narrow it down and so there's a dance that goes back and forth I've done all of those and and uh, but eventually uh, when salespeople can say we're we're the best in the world because we just serve these people and we do it this way um, you know their conversion rate increases
1: mm-hmm yeah. Well, I think, so w- I want to talk about the VPs of everything and, uh, uh, both small business and big business, but, but when it comes to like finding this clarity, uh, this is another thing that you wrote somewhere that I saw that said, um, These bigger strategic questions that need to be solved for your business in order for it to keep growing, these are not questions that you can answer on the fly or that, and this is, quote, verbatim from you, you cannot delegate this to your marketing department. Why not?
2: Well, because they're pretty core questions. So you and I have uh, been part of it, seen it, uh maybe instigated a few times where business leaders are over on this side saying we're going to make these products and services and here's how we're going to deliver them. And then they kind of throw it over the fence to marketing and say, get us some leads and salespeople say, just go sell it, right? And uh, there's a time for doing that. Um, But uh, the strategic questions, who do we really focus on? And how do we really Change the definition of our product so it's really great and it's best in the world, best in class for somebody. And what messages do we say to the world and what business model those are? Those are very core questions. And so that's where marketing and sales meets product in the business. And business leaders need to co create those things together. Um, and it is one of the difficulties of larger businesses that have established products and services that the world changes and it's very difficult to move them it you know we all start with the tactical execution, hire more salespeople, spend more money on ads, better conversion on the website, make a new video, whatever it is uh, but you know the eventually those will run their course and it only the deeper questions are left that and you know, this is where marketing maybe with a capital M and the strategy comes right into the core of the business. And that's one of the reasons I like working with the CEOs and their leadership teams themselves, is we can move the all the pieces around, including the business and how you aim and all that, and then, you know, make all the tactics work better.
1: So, so how do you know what you should say no to? Like, how do you know what to say no to? I, I thought that was you, a few minutes ago, said something like uh, you're defined by what you say no to. But but what, what's the indicator of, like, how do you find that? Is it just your passion or, like?
2: Well, um, once you're on this journey, right, from kind of going from wide to narrow and just – you need to try a bunch of things and see what works and find the things that work. And by the way, the things that work, the messages that that, that resonate and create reaction, the, the products and services that people love and keep using, not everybody um, has the same – happiness factor. So as you get going, there's a sorting process to say what's really working and what isn't working. And that's just a fun part of the growth game is to keep sorting. It's kind of like going to the optometrist. So this is a practical sport, right? This isn't like a MBA, high science or whatever. This is just get in the game and Uh, start seeing what works. It's like going to the optometrist and they say with the two lenses on your eyes, this one or this one, this one or this one. Every time you make a pitch or run an email campaign with a message on top or go to a trade show and talk to 25 people or uh, see which customers uh, are happy and which aren't, you're doing that prism game to say, where should we focus and who should we stop selling to? And, uh, I, I find nine out of ten entrepreneurs, business leaders are uh, – could could get more leverage from focus. They don't know that these levers are there. Nobody ever explained to them. You're not supposed to just sell everybody all the time. How about you go find the ones who are most happy and concentrate your efforts there? And that's where the true lever in a business grows up. Mm.
1: Uh where Greg where should people go if you want them to connect and 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 learn more about you and how can they stay in touch with you
2: Well I write about this and uh people can uh learn more about the book I'm working on at greghead.com g r e g h e a d
1: Simple like it sounds um, Yes so uh, this last little thing, if, if somebody out there who is listening is, is an entrepreneur or maybe they're a division leader and they're launching a, pro- a new product line or something and they're struggling to find their, their sort of marketing clarity and they, they're, they're in that stage of trying to become OCD, like moving from the ADD to the OCD, what, uh, what advice would you give to them or what's maybe the first thing they should be thinking about or doing?
2: Well, I would say the first thing is – the first rule of the game is to know what game you're playing. And if uh, your game, when you launch something and start something, and it's the game I'm playing right now, is to not presume you know all the answers yet and have total laser focus. You've got to go out there and try it. So know what game you're playing. Uh, have a hypothesis about what's going to work, and know that you're trying to eventually play more focus. But you get out there and try things, and uh, see what works. And uh, the more tries, and the more tests, and the more feedback you get, the more you can tune in to find your focus. So uh, big companies uh, struggle with that because they want to launch big things to everybody, and little companies have to survive and get through the month and you know, they, they cast the wide net. So don't confuse the getting started and learning what the, where to focus with, I've got my focus and it's all figured out. It's everybody's figuring it out and it's keeps moving around and it's pretty difficult. It's hard to be simple.
1: Hard to be simple. Greg, thanks for your wisdom, my friend. Thank you for helping us navigate uh, and become uh, narrowing down so that we can scale up. We appreciate you, buddy. This is the part of the show where I kind of take out the the mental highlighter, if you will, and I go through and I start uh, highlighting the things that I learned, uh, things that I think I can put into practice, and hopefully that you then also will be able to put into practice. And there were sort of these eight, uh, in this case, there were these eight really cool concepts, like high-level, I thought valuable concepts that applied to all of us uh, that were from Greg. And so Number one, this is a bit altered from what he said verbatim, but it's easier than ever to start a business, but harder than ever to capture people's attention. And I think that uh, there were a couple different things that he said that kind of made me pull that together, but was realizing that, yeah, it's easier than ever to start a business, but it's harder than ever to capture people's attention. Attention, and so you need to sort of have a strategy here. Uh, and, and the more focused we are, then the the more it's like we're going after a sliver of their mind. We've had uh, one of my friends, Scott McCain, on the show um, in the past. And he talks about how mind share precedes market share. And that's a Scott McCain quote. And I've always loved that, that it's like, we're, we're fighting. We're not trying to capture someone's entire attention. There's not, we can't have them remember everything about us. And they're not thinking about us very often. We just want to capture that one little specific sliver that when they say, I have this problem, boom, I think of, of this company, right? and for southwestern consulting for us it's like if if you are trying to grow revenues right we want you to think of us and so that's that's a key key lesson number 2 i loved what greg said when he said you you start out as add but then you move to ocd at first you focus on one customer. Uh, well, at first you're, you're, you're focusing on survival, right? And so it's sort of like ADD. You're, you're just trying to keep, get the business off the ground, keep it afloat, like get enough cash in to like, keep the doors open. And you just fight like crazy to do that. And, you know, for a lot of small businesses, it's, that is a couple years, maybe five years. I mean, for Southwestern Consulting, I, I feel like that was really the first six years of our business was just like, we were just scrambling, like just trying to like get it going. And and that uh, is, is kind of what it is. But then you move from that ADD to OCD, which is where he said, focus on you focus on one customer doing one thing massively well, usually with one tactic. And that is, that's, that's powerful. Um, I think for us, You know, we actually started out as a public seminar company and you may not even realize that depending on how long you've been following this show. But we started, you know, there were like four of us when we first started the company like that were full time and and we started um, cold calling out of a Yellow Pages phone book. And, you know, we were, three of us were in our twenties. And so we were like, oh, we're going to build the world's greatest, like, you know, motivational speaking and sales training and consulting company. And that was just, we were, we were young and passionate and that's what we had going for us. And, and we just made hundreds of dials every day, like right out of the, or a hundred dials a day, uh, each person right out of the phone book. And we offered companies to say, Hey, we'll come to your office for free to do a free, a sales training workshop for your team in exchange that if we do a good job, you let us uh, explain to them that we have this event coming up and they can buy a ticket to it, right? And that was our whole model. And we did events, we did seminars, and we sold like 725 tickets in the first three months of our business. It generated about a quarter million dollars in revenue. And that's how we started. Like, that's how we got out of the gate. And we ended up, doing these seminars for four five years i mean really six years but exclusively it was the only thing we did i guess i guess from 2006 through 2010 pretty much uh, 2011 really it was it was kind of like the only thing that we did but we were you know struggling to make a profit we were generating a mil- we we generated over a million dollars in revenue because we had amazing people and we worked really really hard like our first year we were over a million but we couldn't scale we we were we were you know moving to a different city every 4 months and we recruited a lot of people but we couldn't get them to stick because they didn't want to live on the road full time and you know, it was a hard hard time for us and then we created coaching, which was basically at the customer's recommendation, right? People came to these events and they told us, they said, oh my gosh, these events are amazing, but like what now? And we didn't really have a what now. We didn't have any way to follow up. And so it was really at their request that we said, hey, people really need one-on-one accountability. They need one-on-one attention. That's what really creates the impact and, and the change in their life. And so I mean, we first started dabbling with coaching in 2008, but it really was like 2010, 2011 that we started. And then by 2013, we realized that was gonna be our core thing as a company. Like we we still do, you know, keynotes, obviously is a big part of what I personally do. I speak at large events and we still do consulting, right? Where we we work with companies and we help them, you know, recruit and hire and train and motivate salespeople. We do that, but our core business became one-on-one coaching. Like we're basically fitness trainers for salespeople and for sales managers. And that has been our our, our core business. And so I think I just share that with you to, to share a little bit of our journey about how you kind of start ADD, to use Greg's term, and then you kind of become more OCD. And that's that leads me to the third thing that he said, and we talked about this a couple of times, was things that narrow down, scale up. Things that narrow down, scale up. So at some point, then you figure it out, right? It took us a few years, and we said, "Oh my gosh!" We started to see the light that really coaching is the it's it's the model that really works. It's the 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 deliverable that the clients really want. It's unique from from what most people you know, most companies out there are not able to do one on one training. Uh, you know, there's there's trainers who will go train your company and there's consultants that will, you know, and there's consulting companies that will work with your executive team, but doing one-on-one coaching with salespeople, it became for us, that could be our, our distinction. And man, I mean, ever since 2012 till now, our, our company has more than five X. Now our other divisions have grown also, right? Speaking and, you know, we sell books obviously and, and, you know, consulting and stuff, but coaching is the, is the, is the hedgehog to use a Jim Collins concept. It's our main business and it's the, it's becoming the thing that gives life to everything else. And so it's been cool to focus down because as we have narrowed down on that, we have scaled up and then, um, you know, that's been really powerful. The number four thing that I took away from Greg was where he said, the first question is who? And that is such a powerful question. And it's kind of a funny dilemma I just find it entertaining because I I really love Jim Collins, his writing uh, of course built to last and good to great. He's written several books, um, great by choice. I've read all of those, but um, I also really really love Simon Sinek, and Simon Sinek of course wrote the book Start with Why, and I just I think they're both brilliant. And uh, but it was interesting I I once heard. Uh, or read something where Jim Collins said, it's no, it's not start with why, it's start with who. Uh, first who, then what? That's, that is a concept right out of good to great, is that you first who, then what? But I think he was talking more about it in terms of recruiting, but it was interesting to hear Greg here bring it up in the, con- in the, in the construct of marketing, right? Or, or of sales as first who, getting very, very clear on who you're going after. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, just to, again, this little, you know, our little mini commercial that we run on, you know, each of these episodes. And the one I just did for automated revenue machine, we've really said, Hey, we're going to go after speakers and authors. Like that's, that is our core target because those are the people we think we can really serve, um, with, uh our expertise within in infusion in soft. It just so happens that we use infusionsoft soft, which is where Greg used to work, which is kind of funny how it all ties together. But um, we're going after that. When we do one-on-one coaching, we have, you know, there's basically six core industries that the the majority of our clients happen to fall in. And so over time, it's like, hey, I think our all of our sales team, we've all figured out, hey, let's go after these six, we still sell to other lots of other industries, lots, dozens of other industries, but the large percentage of our clientele is, is in, in a in just a few industries, a handful. So that's, Powerful real life, you know, personal anecdote here about our journey at Southwestern Consulting about first who. So, who are you serving? Who specifically are you going after? And that brings us to point five. Uh, the big ta- takeaway, which will hopefully help you clarify your he- who, is to think both in terms of demographics and psychographics. That was really powerful when Greg was telling the story about, um, you know, the company he most recently was with, Infusionsoft, which, you know, we're using and big fans of and, and are now resellers of, is um, that they not only focused on small businesses, that was the demographic, but then they focused on small businesses who where the, the owner was really ready to get serious about growth. And that was more of a psychographic. It's more of a mental state of mind than it is a physical description of a person, which would be demographics. So whatever you're selling or whatever business you're involved with or whatever target customer you're going after, think about who and think about who, not only in terms of demographics, like age, gender, income, education level, you know, region, all the normal things like that. Think also in terms of psychographic. What is the person experiencing that you're trying to reach? How are they feeling, what? How do they see the world? What are they struggling with? What is their belief system? Would be a great way to to come about. How do you land on somebody's psychographic? Is what is their belief system? Not just the demographic, like their physical characteristics, but their belief system. So that was a really really good reminder. Uh, number six from Greg. He talked about you are defined by what you say no to. You are defined by what you say no to. That has lots of far-reaching implications. I mean, what are the things that you don't do? Who are the people that you don't chase? So in addition to kind of this whole little theme on these last few questions um, or these last few highlights um, in terms of identifying who is not only who do you go after, but who do you not go after? who do you avoid? Who do you ignore? Who do you just let be? Who do you not care if they buy? That's a radical thought. That's forward thinking. That's different, right? Is the idea of, of going, hey, who who do I not care about? Like, who am I not going after? Um, and I think, you know, perhaps, I mean, Greg is saying there's a lot of power to that. I I believe that. I think there are certain characteristics and and one of the best ways to answer this too. And I think the power of starting with ADD and sort of starting broad is that if you start broad over time, you'll start to see where you get traction. And when you go back and you look at the data on who's purchasing from you, and that's something we talk a lot about in automated revenue machine is tracking where the leads coming from, using things like surveys to figure out who they are, what they're interested in. Well, when you, when you have that data, that information that helps you, it's like your customers tell you who your customers, your, your, your current customers tell you who your future customers should be, because it's whoever you're getting traction with. If you can highlight that and amplify that and, and be intentional about it, it's like you're mining for gold. You're, you're working a specific, you know, vertical or specific target. But, um, They also tell you who you don't need to go after, who do you not need to spend time, energy, money, resources, marketing dollars, man hours going after because they're not really a core fit. And again, just using us as a case study, that's absolutely true. There are certain types of salespeople that we have just not gotten a lot of traction with. There's others that are it's like if they're in, I mean, if they're in mortgage or financial services, it's like they're going to love working with us. Right. But you know, real estate insurance, financial services, mortgage, like these are some of our core, like we know those businesses, we know how they work. We know what it takes to be successful. We know how to find those people. Those people know how to find us. We have a good marriage. Our, our philosophies align, like it works. Um, and then there's there's certain industries that we've just not had a lot of traction with. Some because maybe we haven't gone after it. Some because it's just not a natural fit. And I think that that's okay, right? That's what Greg is saying is the more you narrow down, the more that you you scale up and you're defined by what you say no to. Um, number seven, it was get in the game. And this I think is so powerful you know, we cultivate the habit of action by demanding progress and completely freeing yourself of the demand for perfection. You cultivate the habit of action by demanding progress, but freeing yourself of the demand for perfection. And then the metaphor or analogy that he used was like going to the opt- optometrist, where it's like, you can sit around and pontificate in a strategy meeting. Should we do this? Should we do that? Should we say this? Should we say that? Like you can do that or you can just go out and test it and see what works. And that's, uh, one of, one of my mentors and business partners, Henry Bedford, who is the CEO of the whole Southwestern family of companies, right? So the parent company of Southwestern consulting, um, I mean, he's just a master of this. And this is, this is his philosophy is, you know, and he just, he, he hates meetings. Like he doesn't want to be in meetings. He wants to, you know, we have to do some, right. But it's like, he wants to get out and test and try. And, and, um, I've always loved that and admired that about him. And it's, it's kind of like, well, let's not pontificate about it too long. Let's just go see if it works. And, you know, the optometrist analogy of like, is it this one or this one? And you, you learn by testing and, that is also very connected to number 8 uh, the big takeaway the final one for me which is where greg just said the more the more you try the more opportunities you have and the more tests that you make the better you become right the more you try the more opportunities you take the more tests that you that you make the better that you will become and i just I can't stress this enough that it's like all of sales eventually is a numbers game, right? It's whoever sees the most number of qualified prospects in the shortest amount of time wins. Like whoever's marketing message reaches the most qualified people in your target market, but in the shortest amount of time wins it's, it's, it's a numbers game and you learn by doing, you learn by getting in the field, you learn. By getting in the game, you learn. By practicing and experimenting and just doing it and getting out there, and it's you know southwestern uh, advantage. You know the 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 company I worked with in college. They used to have this phrase that said, "The answers behind the next door. The answer to every single problem is behind the next door." Sales is a numbers game. Marketing is a numbers game. Growing your business is a numbers game the answer to every problem is behind the next door so whether you feel like you are add or you are ocd remember the answer is behind the next door just keep going keep going keep going well that about wraps up the action catalyst podcast for this week If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.